I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast with me, Jack Hope, Max Rowe Brown. How are you doing, Max? Hello. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Ross Legg. How are you doing, Ross? I'm marvellous, thanks. On cloud nine after uh, England's famous 3-0 victory over the Sappers. (laughs) And um, joining us as today's South African cricket correspondent, Daniel Gallen. How are you doing, Daniel? I'm not too bad. Thanks, guys. Uh, Good to be on the show again. Good. Um, Today on the Cricket Podcast, we'll be talking about the three-match T20 series between England and South Africa, which wrapped up about an hour ago. It was a glorious 3-0 win for the three Lions. Um, Then we will turn our attention to the three-match one-day series, which kicks off a little bit later this week. Um, and I believe, Max, you have some stuff on India, which is which is definitely us playing to the gallery. <laughs> that is correct, yes. All our IPL fans, please stay. Before we get into the main body of the show, though, as ever, we kick off with our slightly irreverent or irrelevant um, question. This week, it was sent in to us by a listener via review on iTunes. Um, so if you, know, if you want to suggest a future opening question... Um, do it do it like that and give us five stars and um, the question was if you could play cricket in any period which would you choose and why um, Ross would you like to go first yeah so a little bit of thought into this um, I think I wouldn't have liked it when they had to get the boat over to Australia I think that's a bit too too far back um, but I think when commercial airlines were fine I think like the 1970s would have been a great era to play cricket in I reckon the oh, well, that... go on. Well, when most people were amateur and you didn't make any money. I don't think it was about the money. I think it was mainly about kind of the stories that were coming out of it and being able to go and like, be in India, be, be in Australia, be in South Africa and just have unbelievably good tours. The Caribbean must have been great fun. And you're not worrying about kind of social media. Um, you're not sitting there being branded a mercenary. You're just like, I'm a bit of a toff. I'm playing cricket for England <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm living the lifestyle. All right. Max, what would you say? Uh, well, I was originally thinking that it'd be quite nice to um, be around that uh, West Indies team that just blew everyone away. But I wouldn't want—I mean, I wouldn't want to be playing against it. So I'd have to be in the West Indies uh, team. That's, that's the other clever. option. The other option being um, similar to what Ross was saying, which was, uh, but not not the seventies, like more like the turn of the turn of the millennium, where it was starting to get serious. But England also didn't have any, you know, like real fitness. <laughs> you know, mm. Phil Safnall could play. So. <laughs> Um, Daniel, same question for you. If you could play cricket in any area, any area, any era, any place, what would you choose? I think I'd choose somewhere like the mid 1800s because I can play a leg glance poorly, <laughs> but I but I can still play a leg glance. So I think even at my third grade level, I would walk into any side of the world and <laughs> would be the best cricketer. So you know, I, I I'm I'm convinced that just because I've got the modern technique, I'm a, I'm a better cricketer than W. G. Grace. So if he was tearing it up then, I would absolutely murder it. I have often thought that it, it would probably be quite easy to play cricket in an era where there were no leg side fielders. Um, Look, there's dysentery, so you've got to you've got to you got to combat no internet and yeah. you know all the all the you know the shoes that they'd have to wear. But I'd be the best cricket. Yeah, there'd, there'd be a statue of me at Lords. A real and present <laughs> threat of cholera. Um, 
Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it would be brilliant. Hey, hey, um, you don't want to play these days. Really serious threat of COVID. So it's not too dissimilar. No, not yeah, too dissimilar. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think Max is right. I I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna agree with you, Max. I think the early two uh, thousands, <laughs> late nineties. Even though England were terrible, um, yeah. one you'd be guaranteed a game. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two, you you it, 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 it was just starting to become serious but it hadn't fully become serious. And, and three, like all those boys now, even Rob Key's got a good gig in the media. Everyone true, in that actually, class yeah. has, is set for life in, um, in cricket. I actually, so, I actually um, mainly like Max's um, point of being in the West Indies team, just picturing Max in his five for eight frame, <laughs> just going, just be like, yeah, Max, middle order bat. <laughs> <laughs> Keep, well, keeping wicket, ball sailing over my head for four buys every... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Malcolm! <laughs> Right, um, boys. Um, Ross, 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 is there anything else we need to tell our listeners? Yep, they need to find us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Cricket Pod and follow us um, on all podcast platforms and subscribe on iTunes. That's correct. Um, we should also mention, uh, some people are probably wondering, where is Ryan Sidebottom? Because um, we did say he'd be on the show this week. Um, well, he's not going to be. Um, unfortunately, some, some things happened, uh, events and we're we're working on a new date, so he should be on in the next few weeks, um, but not today. <laughs> well, fortunately, we had more than capable Daniel Gallen come in, and he's uh, a pretty handy left armer for South Africa once upon a time, maybe. Gee, because I had no idea I was filling in for Ryan Sidebottom. I mean, you, no, no one told me that. <laughs> the key to showbiz. Um, the key to showbiz it, that. <laughs> it was Daniel Gallen and Ryan Sidebottom, but um, oh wow, yeah, uh, in different parts of the show, but um, yeah. <laughs> Ah, things happen, don't they? Anyway, we'll take a really short break and then we'll come back with the T20s. South Africa have made a real mess of this. And Donald Trump and Australia are in the final. The match has been tied. What a mix up. Unbelievable. How on earth did South Africa make a mess of that? Darcy had been given a message of 2 to 9. Yes, yeah, so let's kick off by talking about the T20 series uh, between England and South Africa. Um, Daniel, commiserations, 3 0, bit of a humping. Um, <laughs> got your initial thoughts just on, just on the overall bit? Were you comprehensively outplayed, or was it just a case of uh, England being a bit too good in the end? I mean, this England side is, and I don't mean this, I don't mean to sound like I'm varying into hyperbole, but I, I genuinely believe that this England white ball team is one of the best sports teams that, that I've ever seen. Their batting is just marvellous. They they treat the fall of a wicket like a drunk driver treats a pothole. They just keep going. <laughs> um, it's it, it's remarkable. Every, every one of them, uh, Johnny Bairstow, I think, after the first match, said you can put all the names on hat, toss them in the air, and wherever they land in the top six, that'll probably win you a tournament. And, and I, I think that's probably true. They, they're, they're just fantastic. I mean, if, if Barcelona played Everton in three games and, and, and lost all three of them, that doesn't necessarily mean that Everton are a hopeless football club and we've got to sack the manager and sack the coach you know, and, and, and sack the players. They were just outplayed. You know, they're, they're, I, I can't really fault South Africa too much. They're just up against a team that is so far beyond them at, at the minute. So 
you know, credit to England. Well, let's well let's start there. So let's start with the South Africa bit there. Um, initially, they've obviously got some COVID cases. So I think it was Dave Miller and Filiquayo who were ruled out. Well, yeah, and 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 that really impacted the balance. I mean, those are two batsmen that you would bank towards the back end of the innings to clear the ropes a bit easier than than some of the other guys. We saw Pit Van Buyen and Linda having to carry the side, and Clarkson having to carry side in the first match. Clarkson uh, again got a got a shot in the second game, and you know Rusty and and Five came good in the in in this third match, but. Pat and Miller add a bit more firepower, so it was a shame to lose them both. Obviously, Pat also adds the all-round option. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so those were two. Those were two cases that you know, if anyone was going to get COVID, you probably didn't want those two guys. But no excuse, you know. I <laughs> I, I don't think those two come into the side and make England and, and make South Africa win any game in the series. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. yeah. you mentioned uh, mentioned George Linder there. What what did you make of his uh, three games for for South Africa? Very impressed. I think if 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 there is one great shining light from the series is, is what a fine George Linda has become. I mean, we all know that if you can get him over a spin in the, in the power play without too many runs going, that's a huge bonus. He showed what a, I mean, I knew he could bat, but I didn't actually realize how good a batsman he was. I mean, I haven't been covering uh, domestic cricket in South Africa for some time. I've just been seeing the scores. Mm. So seeing him step up into the international arena and do so well, that, that was very impressive. No, no. Um, a, a big, big fan of George Linda and, you know, it's, it's early days, but he kind of looks a banker now for the World Cup squad, which for a guy who's only played three games, that, that's quite remarkable. It's not too bad. Pretty After good a little entree, um, should we go back chronologically through the games and talk about them in a little bit more detail? Um, so game one back, uh, what was that, Friday evening? Uh, the first international cricket for a while. The first must be the first international cricket for ages for South Africa. Um South Africa batted first and managed, after a little bit of profligate bowling, chiefly from Tom Curran, I'm afraid, Max, um, to score 179, which looked like it might be enough going into the second innings, especially as South Africa took early wickets. And we all know the rule that if, you have, uh, if you've taken three wickets by the end of the power play, you're, you know, what do you win, 80% of those T20s? Well, South Africa had managed that. Um, unfortunately, they hadn't. Um, dislodged Johnny Bairstow and, and uh, sort of uh, as testament to what you were just saying Daniel uh, England's batting really is scary um, Yeah, is, is the residual 20% in that stat the times when you come up against Milan, yeah. Bairstow and Butler <laughs> yeah. Stokes yeah. and Morgan um, So well, I mean, from that point on, from the end of the power play it really became the Bairstow show and I, I think, I mean there have been some good innings in this series um, mainly from England bat- batsmen um, but uh, Rassie van der Dusen was good today. But that that Bairstow knock, uh, given the circumstances, maybe not the best pitch of the series, was fantastic. Um, Daniel, do you think South Africa let that game slip or was Bairstow just a little bit too good on the day? See, I'm reluctant to be overcritical of South Africa because of how good England are and, and Bairstow played an absolute gem of the innings. But... You know that's 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 kind of no good for the narrative of a podcast. So let's try. And <laughs> <laughs> we must. So let's try and blame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and let's try and do that. I mean, Bjorn Hendricks had a bit of a nightmare, <laughs> didn't he? Um, he's a good bowler. He's a bowler who 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 understands the conditions. He's a, he's a swing bowler, so you know he he likes to get it up there, but he just kind of offered a bit too hit a bit too uh, too many hit me balls mm. to Bester, didn't he? Um, obviously, he kind of chucked a few down down wide that that ran away for for five runs. Um, I didn't think Ngidi was was as good as he could have been. You know, he's he's developed into a, a 
he, he emerged on the scene as a bit of a, a strike bowler, a big, scary, fast guy, but he's now developed a few cutters. I don't think he, he's, he's quite nailed them at the international level. So, yes, um, South Africa did let it get away. I mean, you know, Quentin de Kock obviously had a mare. If, if you toss in the ball to Henry Klaassen, who's a wicketkeeper, and he his over went for 14 runs, so clearly something didn't go according to plan. So, yes, South Africa did let them off the hook, but... I don't think South Africa were terrible. I think, but but again, against this England side, you have to be at your best, and South Africa weren't. Yeah, I mean, you almost need a couple of people to have career days if you're gonna mm. uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna overturn them. Uh, Max, one for you because I know you are a, a huge fan of Johnny Bairstow. Um, one, how good? I, I I don't know if you can say anything about how good Bairstow was. Um, two, were you surprised to see this innings propel him back into Test match contention? Um. It was it was a very good inning. I mean, there's not much you can say interesting, really, is there? Apart from yeah, it was a really good innings, and he basically won the game. Um, as for the Test match, yeah, well, it's not the first time we've seen an England wicketkeeper get into the Test team on the back of T20 form, so I guess I can't be entirely surprised. Well, to be fair, Johnny Bairstow's main issue is that he misses balls that swing and they hit his stumps. In Sri Lanka, doesn't really swing that much, so maybe they're kind of thinking we could work out. That's true. Point, Ross. Did um, you also uh, did you also see the um, the, the little thing that happened with the uh, the warm up game where Bersto got clean bowled by Ollie Stone and then it mysteriously disappeared from the internet and the scorecard. Because <laughs> 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 he, he came in, he came he batted and got out and then came into bat at the end of the innings again in the in the T Twenty warm up oh, where, I did where see the this, team yeah. Butler won and um, after he'd been out and the ECB released a clip of Ollie Stone demolishing his stumps and Besto missing yet another straight one. It mysteriously disappeared, and then when he came back into bat at the end of the game, it also mis- disappeared from the scorecard because I don't oh. think the scorecard would let Besto be in there twice. <laughs> well, there we are, conspiracies so all never round. Uh, uh, ECB HQ. Uh, that was game one. Um, any, any, right? I mean, Ross, any final thoughts? Would you like to sum it up? Well, I, um, I, I just think it's an overall point for the series, and you touched upon it a little bit, Daniel, around um, Hendricks. And I think if Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka, if South Africa are going to have a good bowling lineup, they seem to have got a good couple of spinners in Shamsi and Linda. They need their paces to con- help control and not go all over the place. Um, it seemed in that first game they had a plan. And they were bowling quite well. They were bowling into the pitch. England was struggling to get it away. And then Hendricks just decided to play a completely different game. <laughs> like he was starting to pitch up, couldn't execute his Yorkers. He, he, what, was it 28 off the over? And he, yeah, he lost guess, yeah. South Africa the game. So, um, yeah, it was probably a good decision to drop him. <laughs> well, I, I feel for him. You know, one bad game doesn't make a bad player. But, you know, unfortunately at this level, that is probably him. I, I'd be surprised if... <clears throat> If, if we see him over the summer in South Africa playing T20 cricket and, and you know, it's incredible how one over could kind of see him out of the World Cup contention. I, I feel for him because I, I am a fan of him. He plays for the Lions, which is the, the team that I support back in South Africa. But yeah, it was a bit of a horror show. Well, is it because if he's a left, left armour, so actually the stats are kind of in his favour a little bit. So it might not be kind of the end of the road for him. So that could, but and it's a good point you make about bowling into the pitch. He just doesn't quite seem to have that that confidence that he can do because it is it is difficult. You know, we saw how you know guys like Archer and and, and Jordan, quite experienced guys, are bowling those slow balls into the pitch. You know, known for their pace, obviously, but but having that variation, Hendricks just kind of seemed to lack that 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 confidence as he was running in to really get it into the pitch. When he did try and do it, it almost floated it up. Mm-hmm. 
and it, it, it was a bit telegraphed. So, well, you know, one for the drawing well, board. Well, I heard Liam Plunkett's looking for a new country to play for. So, <laughs> uh, if you need a player, call him. Yeah. We'll take him. Yeah. We'll um, take him. Game two over in part. I, t- I tell you what, let's just take a moment to. I, I'd like to know um, from you four or you three. Paul or Newlands? What? Which which ground has the best backdrop? Because this is this, I, this was this was stunning vistas um, all around that stadium. Um, um, Ross, what do you think? Well, I think every time I turn on the TV to watch the cricket in South Africa, I'm just like, I want to go there. Like, there's, there's, there's no <laughs> bit apart part of it. I'm, I'm just like, people get to play cricket there. It's just it's unbelievable. <laughs> Um, I think um, Paul looked quite nice, and I quite liked this. Was it a university ground? I think they were saying that Nasser Hussein played for a university there or something. Um, it looks gorgeous, but I mean, Cape Town and Newlands, just the back, especially tonight, it was kind of low clouds. It kind of looked Ooh. like it was almost a scene at a Jurassic Park. <laughs> Very good. Um, Max, quickly, one word Newlands or Bowland Park? Well, I was going to go with Paul because of the building site. Uh Ah, yeah, that's a good point. And Daniel, um, have you been to both in in person? I, I've covered a few games at Newlands. I haven't actually covered a game at Paul, but it's wine country, so I have been there uh, <laughs> quite a few times. It's the, the whole of the Western Cape province is just gorgeous. So if anyone listening to this gets a chance to go when COVID restrictions and blah blah blah, when you are allowed to go, I, I highly recommend going to the Western Cape. It's a stunning part of the world. Cricket anyway, back. On tour. Back to last Sunday, yeah, we'll we'll yeah. we'll we'll return from the, the the travel segment to the second T Twenty. Um, South Africa batted first once again. They batted first in all three matches in in this yeah. series. In the second, it's probably the least impressive performance. I I thought it was it was a fairly ponderous innings. Um, they were quite significantly tied down by Adil Rashid. Um, and Jofra Archer only only conceded eighteen runs off his four overs, bowling two in the power play and two at the death. I think. Um, South Africa ended on 146, uh, and despite a spirited bowling performance, um, it it wasn't quite enough. Uh, Max, this time, um, David, 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 is it David or David? We're not really sure about that, but I don't know if anyone can enlighten us. Um, he stabilised a, a reasonably iffy innings. Do you think that that finally answers the last Milan doubters? I mean, if it doesn't, then I don't know what they're drinking. Because I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's just the stats back it, and then he just carries on and does it as well. Right? What more evidence do you need? I don't know what more evidence they need. <laughs> I, I was asking you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry, you can't reason with uh, with madmen, can you? <laughs> no. Um, well, there's a bit right. They said he kind of starts slowly. He take chews up a lot of balls, and actually, like his dot ball percentage, blah blah blah. It makes it, the guy's got a strike today. Hit what ninety nine? I know we'll come on to that game. Strike rate of over two hundred, and they're criticising yeah, yeah. again. He's a slow starter. Well, it's one of those one of those things where it's quite easy to write the narrative. Uh, you know, rewrite the narrative at the end of the game. Like with with David Milan in that game on Sunday, if he'd got out at the point where he was <clears> twenty of twenty four, then you're going, oh, he's done what we always you know moan at Kale Rahul and Virat Kohli for doing chewing up too many balls and losing the game but then in the next 10 deliveries he goes and scores another 20 runs and wins the game for England so uh, it's it's fine margins it can be but he's got a plan and it and it worked so yeah I'll back him um Daniel a question for you I mean Adil Rashid did seem to cause quite a lot of problems uh bowling in the middle overs for England is that uh, a South African issue leg spin or is it that Adil Rashid is just one of the best bowlers in the world? Well, again, I'm going to sit on the fence and say both. 
facing spin has been a, a perennial problem for South Africa. I think a lot of these batsmen still have nightmares of facing Chahal and, and, and Kuldeep Yadav. Is it Kuldeep Yadav? Uh, yep, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Last time um, India were in town in South Africa when Aiden Markham was skippering, all sorts of problems. I mean, I, <laughs> captaining that side is probably why Aiden Markham is not involved in this in this white ball team anymore, the, the nightmares they gave him. So, yeah, you know, South Africa and spin, it's a, a tale as old as time, but Rashid is just marvelous, and um, I, I was commentating during that game, and I, I put it, I put it out there to my co-commentators: like, Is Adil Rashid the best leg spinner in the world? And people said Rashid Khan and a couple of the Indian fellas. But man, this guy's got to be up there. His his variation is is, is unpickable. Um, his his confidence to keep flights in the ball even when he is hit is, is just shows the gumption that the guy's got. Very very impressive. I mean, on South Africa on this match. Probably the best bowling performance they put in. Yes, it was a helpful wicket, but you know, again, South Africa just couldn't quite put it put it together with with a really poor batting performance. But a lot is made of England's batting. But I thought their bowling in the second match was really, really good. You mentioned Archer's figures and, and Rashid, but I thought Curran was really good. Tom, that is, I thought Jordan offered a lot. Um, Stokes went for seven, but when he came on, he 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 kept things tight as, as the as the sixth bowler. So. Yeah, again, South Africa just just kind of second best and, and always going to be. Yeah, I mean, Rashid, really. I, I, what I think amazes me is the amount of dip he gets on the ball. So even when the ball gets flighted up, it, it, it always seems to be about a metre shorter than the bat, batter thing. Well, was, it, that, was it Hendricks? The one that he got Faf. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that Sorry. one, Faf was... I mean, Faf is... A, is uh, I, I may be coming to the end of his career, but has been a high quality performer for what a decade ish. Um, he missed it by quite a long <laughs> way and was miles out of his crease. And he did that thing you don't really see it an awful lot in um, well, professional cricket, but he did that sort of thing with his hands where he fenced at it and completely like one hand off the bat. Um, groping, I think, is the word mm-hmm. um, that they use. <clears throat> um, really, really stitched up by Rashid there. Um, <laughs> Ross, one for you. You're, you're you're a big fan of Jason Roy. Um, he he didn't he didn't succeed again today, but but I, I think Sunday's match was when he looked most ugly in the series. Yeah. Um, what's his what's what's next on, on on the Jason Roy journey? Well, I think um he, I think in his England form for <clears throat> about a year, especially in the ODIs, I think he averaged about thirteen or something in ODI cricket. And he did a little bit better in some of the T twenties, but um I think it's just one of those people who, when he's out of form, he, he's he's always going to look bad because he he's a, he's a power hitter. That that's what he is. So he's always going to go with the strong hands. He's always going to try and hit that ball. So it's going to look a bit unwieldy. But people the same people who are criticising him now, saying that, oh, he's he looks at so bad. And also the same people going, oh, my God, this guy's absolutely amazing. How has he done that? <laughs> so I think it's a little bit hypocritical. And I think he's got plenty of credit in the bank for England. Um, I think a big part of it as well is when it comes to playing at the World Cup, he absolutely dismantled Australia in, in that ODI semi-final. Probably the biggest game of his career. And he's come back from injury. They've talked about the pressure that was on him to get that England team up and running because England could have definitely thrown that away. It would have not been a classic England thing to do. Um, but, it, but Jason Roy set that tone. And I think that is, I think he's going to ride on that for quite a while. And I think if it's not Jason Roy at the top of the order, it's Bearstow. But even then, I'm not sure they're going to disrupt this top six now. Yeah, He's had enough. a he's had a, t- a f- unfortunate year as well because he came into it 
well, sort of injured essentially, and um, went into the England team having against Ireland in those in that series, having played virtually no cricket, yeah. and he looked like a man who played virtually <laughs> no cricket. And unfortunately, this this isn't a year where if you've been out for a while, you're going to get a lot of games to get back into Nick. So I think yeah. he just needs a Have run. you? Um, I don't know if anyone here heard Steve Smith talking this week saying he found his hands. Um, in in reference to so obviously he hit a couple of centuries against India and we'll talk where about on earth were they? But he said, yeah, well he had an iffy IPL and he said he he was in the nets and he found his hands. I don't know what that means. Um, and then he went out and scored all these runs. And I wonder um, whether something similar maybe applies to Jason Roy because I, I don't think you would say that either of them. I mean, Steve Smith maybe slightly more pronounced his unorthodoxy. But where Jason Roy strikes the ball, and this was a thing in the Ashes last year, I think you'll remember, he strikes the ball a long way in front of um, the crease, um, like metres down the wicket sometimes. And, 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 and I mean, obviously the traditional way to play cricket is to have your, your hands under your head. And he, he's doing something quite um, unorthodox in, in that way. And I wonder whether he, like Max, you sort of alluded to it there, he just hasn't played enough cricket to, um, as Steve Smith find would say, hands. find his hands. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, that was game two. Um, it meant England went into game three with an unassailable 2-0 advantage. Perfect um, opportunity a... to put some new faces into the team, right? <laughs> yes, you did You did yeah, sort of think that. <laughs> yeah. um, I think between all 22 players was there one change and that was forced as um, Rabada had an abdominal strain and was replaced by Luto Sipamla. Um, it was, uh, I mean, it's an interesting game. So having just finished watching it, um, I don't know if I've completely digested it, but it feels like England absolutely battered South Africa. Um, but then thinking back maybe to sort of two and a half hours ago now, three hours ago now, we were talking in the cricket podcast WhatsApp chat about how England are bowled incredibly poorly and, um, and, and they might be behind the eight ball slightly um, in this one. I, I think... I, Max, I'm going to pick you because I'm looking at you. Um, can you explain whether 190-odd was under par, um, whether England batted really well or whether both teams batted really well? I, th- I think um, well, it probably looked like the, the pitch was better than maybe people had thought. And I think it's possible that that blast at the end from... Um, uh, Van der Dusen and uh, and Faf maybe gave the England batsmen a bit of confidence to go out and think. Actually, you know what? We can we can attack this game from the off. But I also think that maybe 192 is at least par or slightly above against most other teams in the world. And then, you know, David Milan and Joss Butler just did did their thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, oh, and probably also, you know, you could you can look at, at Sir Pamela and say like maybe the nerves got to him and he had a had a bit of a a stinker, but he wasn't the only one who who got got treatment. I think it was only really uh, Nokia who who looked particularly dangerous and and kept things vaguely tight. So uh, I think you just sometimes you just have to take your hat hat off, don't you? Daniel, when uh, when Rassi and uh, Faf were batting, were you were you, kind of, were you were you confident? You were just like, Do you know what? Actually, these two have got it because. The sound off of Rassi's bat was unbelievable. It was it was it was sexual chocolate to put in. I didn't know he could do that. Huh? I didn't know he could do that. It was I was it was quite an out of character innings. I thought from from what I've seen anyway. Uh, Well, that's interesting you say that because this is kind of the innings that Rassi (laughs) Fenderson has has promised in in T Twenty cricket. We've 
you know, people have been watching his his progress throughout the last year or so since he made his his international debut. Has known what a talent he is. He's a he's a late bloomer on the international scene. He made his international debut at 30, uh, but he was the second highest run scorer in the World Cup last year after after Faf. So he's a he is a hell of a batsman, but he just quite hasn't been able to make a click in in the shortest format. He, he's he's almost like Milan in that sense, where he requires a few more balls to to get himself set. He's more of a number three than a number five in in T20 cricket, but. He, yeah, he played a remarkable. He's the way he took on on Jofra Archer. I mean, you don't often see anyone do that job to Jofra Archer. And you saw how Joff was throwing his hands <laughs> in the air. And, uh, he had a misfield in, in the last couple of overs, no doubt. Still thinking about the way Rusty picked him up and, and put him mm-hmm. over Cal Corner. So no, a hell of a knock. To, to answer your question, I, I, I'm, I'm never confident when when England still have to chase a score. You you you, you never know what what enough is going to be. I, um. Had they dragged it over to the psychological barrier of 200, maybe I would have felt more confident. Look, when when Linda started off with what what was his first what did his first over go? I think it was just one, wasn't yeah. it? One. I think it was, it was just one, two yeah. overs. That's right. Then I was starting to feel a little confident, but you know, once once Malone and Butler got going, it it, it kind of looked inevitable, really. And you know, you you asked the question, um, Jack, did. England batter South Africa. Well, they did, right? They they chased like 191 with nine wickets in hand, with you yeah. know a few a few overs to spare. It was pretty. That's pretty comprehensive, and it just shows you how how, how yeah. strong this England side is. They, they just they just don't they just never out of it. They just refuse to get beat. They battered yeah. South Africa, and it wasn't really South Africa's fault. <laughs> no, exactly. You I, I, and, and I, I feel and I feel for the guys. I really do because you know they're looking around like this is the best batting performance we've put in. In a, in, against the white ball for a long, long time. Yeah, we 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 bat Australia, but we always bat Australia. <laughs> in meaningless one day as in T Twenty series, we 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 swat them aside, no problem. Um, so this was a hell of a batting performance. I mean, Rusty and Fuff walked off there, and, and I haven't seen smiles on their face like that for a long, long time. And, and for Butler and Milan to do what they did, it it just feels like the the bully at the beach just kicking over your sandcastle. It really felt brutal. Uh, so coming back to the. Um... South African batting lineup. So they've got some good players in there who impressed at the IPL in De Kock and Faf. Rassi bat really well. Bavuma can hold the bat. He's a good batsman. Um, but this is something about it's just a bit frail. Like Reza Hendricks is not an international standard number three in T20 cricket. Well, not in T20. I, I, in 50 overs, yes. But but I, I would agree with you, not in T20s. I would actually like to see Rassi come in at three, which kind of you know ticks both those boxes that I was talking about. Faf at, at, at four. And then Miller five, Pechlaquayo at six. You know that that's kind of a side that that I like to see. I, I, I'm I might be in the minority. People listening to this might not think that Pechlaquayo is a is a T20 international number six. I I would like to think that he is. I'm also not completely sold on 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 Miller, but looking around, he kind of has the firepower that that no one else has when he's firing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, unfortunately, Reza was given the opportunity. I think that's what these last two matches were were for to to see if he could kind of hang with the big boys he clearly couldn't that that's no plight on him mm-hmm. i think he'll he, he's got a future in international cricket with the 50 over side but no i i, I would agree with you team 20 cricket and he's bad well, he did that yeah. he did that thing that um, mitch marsh did when england played against um australia earlier in the year when he he just could not pick adil rashid at all he, he, he literally like, yeah. was laughing at himself <laughs> like, i don't know what's happening here that uh, was a tough watch wasn't it that was, that was, that was quite hard to see uh, chances so this is the first time we're obviously going to ask about um ab de villiers um is he going to come back 
surely every cricket fan in the world is going he's got to come back but it's a bit of a it's a bit of a it must be a question that's asked every single time you get them to gorilla cricket a podcast <laughs> writing an article whatever it might be well look it's that or Colpax, right <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, we, know, we know how boring cold packs are. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't get me started. I don't want to put anyone to sleep. <laughs> um, look, A.B. De Villiers walks into any, maybe even the singer's side, A.B. De Villiers walks into any batting lineup in the world still, you know, after after all these years out of out of international. Well, it's, it's not that long. It's three after years. a year and a half. But it was a three yeah, years. I think 2017's well, last game. Might, maybe, maybe. Yeah. 2018, the, the, okay. the test series against Australia. So whenever that, March 2018, I think was his last international match. Mm. Um, he, he certainly walks into the South African units. He, he makes them a handy team to a team that could on their day win a World Cup. Mm. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a good bowling lineup. I know they haven't bowled very well today, but it's a good bowling lineup. Rabada makes them world class. You, you put Abu de Villiers alongside Quinton de Kock, and Fafti Bassi, and that, and that is a handy top really, five. Really, good. But what does he? But what does he do off the field? What what does he do for the psychology of the side? Does does he? If you're a guy like Rassi van Dusen, for example, you know, because you must understand that South Africa also has selection targets along racial lines. Abu David is the white dude. He walks in another white. He another white dude has to make way, right? So who who is it? Is it if you're Rassi van Dusen, as a, as the talk was in the last World Cup, if if Ab made that World Cup squad, it was probably going to be Rassi to make way. How do you feel if you're Rassi? How do you feel if you're the coach who, who, who's banks on Rassi? How do you feel if you're the captain who's put all your faith in Rassi? You know, there, there's so many dominoes that kind of fall out from just taking the superstar and plunking him in the middle of a unit that, yes, it is not as good as it could potentially be with him, but that is settled, that has established their own identity, that has moved on from the saga. And let's not forget that Amy Davidez wasn't dropped. He walked away from the side when he was still wanted. So I think the... The, the psychological impact is far greater than than, than the on-field impact he has. Look, that that that's easy to say. If these guys were robots, I'd have them in a heartbeat. But they're not, and we and we've seen in previous South African World Cups how squad culture can impact on-field performance. So if it was up to me, and it might be controversial, but no, I I wouldn't have him. Unfortunately, and I, and I say that through gritted teeth. Yeah. Um. We should move on to the ODIs reasonably soon, and we'll take a quick break in a second. Um, before we do, though, obviously these T20s have happened in the context of a T20 World Cup coming up next year. Um, and from an England perspective, I still don't think we know what the best 11 is. Um, I think maybe some questions about the batting were answered in this, in, in that you just pick them all and tell them all to go for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but bowling-wise, uh, in- England didn't bowl that well probably in two of the three games. Um, is What are the answers there? Is it Mark Wood and Moeen Mo- Ali? Uh, is-, is Parkinson the answer? Um Matt, it's impossible, what did you, what it's did you impossible think of what to say because we only saw one bowling lineup, <laughs> and that was the thing that completely baffled me, especially tonight. Is that you've your captain's gone into the series saying we don't know our best team, and then pick the same team three times in a row, and like continuity is great, but when you're on not the eve, but you know you're very close to uh, a World Cup on the horizon, and you need to sort out what you think your best team is. Um, it's yeah, it's a bit odd that they didn't make uh, make a few changes, but um, I think what, was it an extra tr- spinner would be useful. 
Was it maybe a trial run for the two Curran brothers? As in, you're going to get three matches it, here to show us I mean, whether you can do yeah, it. Yeah, that's 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 um, possible. And I don't know if either of them have done enough to uh, to warrant a place in the side. But I, I would be interested in testing an extra spinner. Especially when you have Stokes in there who could bowl mm. a couple of overs of pace if you need him yeah. to. Oh, he bowled four today and he actually looked all right. Yeah. Um, I think you have to manage Stokes overs because they do have the potential to go wildly off the rails. Don't get him to bowl the last (laughs) don't get him to bowl the last one in the final. That would be that would be my um, advice. Yeah. Uh, Ross, you you get the last word on this and then and then we will take a quick break. Um, what do we learn? Um, well I think um I'm not entirely convinced that and this this is gonna get me pelters. I've I've insulted Dhoni before, insulted Cody before I'm now going after Owen Morgan. I don't think oh, his no. T20. Captain... Can we just can we cut him? Can we just yeah. cut him there? <laughs> I, the, the guy is a brilliant 50-over captain, but T20 is it even rattles Iceman. And what, what I find interesting is that he's got that selection loyalty that you've got. Got. Um, I think I agree with you guys that this was pretty much a dead rubber. We should have trialed some other people, but I can understand the selection loyalty. Um, but today's game. It looked like they had no plan in the last 10 overs. And it was either the bowling unit completely didn't execute the plan or they just couldn't get their field right. And I think that's the bit where you saw it in the IPL with Kolkata Knight Riders. Morgan just kept on making the like, almost the wrong decision here and there. So I think there's a bit of a journey to go on with his captaincy in the T20 game. And there's no reason why it's not going to get better. There's another IPL in, what, March time, April time. I'm sure he'll have another go at that. And I'm sure he'll be captain again. Um, but there's just some questions I've got around around that. And I'm just uh, yeah, still a little bit on the fence on whether it's the right one. So your it's, solution is is drop Owen Morgan? No, it's not, not um. at all. It's not, it's not at all. I just think there's that bit. If you were going to pick something that can be improved, you've talked about the bowling. The bang's incredible. I just well, think... Maybe, maybe, Ross, they did bolt a plan. Maybe the plan was to give England a massive target to chase and see if they could do it. Well, there, this was the thing, Max. They started... I actually wouldn't put it past Right, them. hold on. Right, I'm no. going gonna, gonna to say we're going to take a break now. So I know where you're going with this and we'll be talking for ages. So we're going to have a little break. <laughs> we're going to come back with the one ODIs and then we can talk about signs on balconies as much as you want (laughs) in a minute we love hearing from our listeners so please follow us at the cricket pod on twitter and instagram or if you have a great story like scotty g did about the hayden way matthew hayden's personal website we want to hear about it so from wherever you're from send us in a great story and we'll read out on the show email us on thecricketpod at gmail.com Thank you very much. So after those three T20 internationals, we are moving on to three one-day internationals, uh, starting, I think, Friday, the, f- the first game of those. Um, so, I mean, for a question for you, Daniel, first up, uh, do you think there is likely to be a different scoreline in this series to the one we've just seen? Yes, I think England will win the series, but I think South Africa will win a game. I think the longer... Look, I, I know I say this after England have just beaten South Africa 3-1 in a four-match test series in their own patch, but I think the longer the format, it actually brings South Africa into the game a, a little more, and that, and that might sound counterintuitive, but I think the longer the batsmen have to settle themselves, the more bowlers have the chance to get into a rhythm. I think the more confidence the, the South Africans have. Of course, we could come up against the England side that puts on 450 on their day, but I think to Brad Shams, he's a guy, is a is very much a rhythm bowler. We've spoken about Rusty Fenadison and, and, and Reza Hendricks and, and Heinrich Klaassen, batters who at Timber Bavuma even batters who like to kind of settle into their groove. So I, 
I actually think South Africa might be a better 50 over team than, than they are a, a, a 20 over team. Um, if they do win, I think if they do win a game, I think England will have to have a bit of an off day. But I'd like to be positive and say that, that South Africa will come out victorious in at least one game. That's good. I think it'll be helped slightly because England are sending three of their potential starting 11 home. Um, so Archer, who definitely plays going home, Stokes, who's de- who would definitely play is going home, and Sam Curran, who would probably play one of the games at least, um, also being sent home for a rest before Christmas. Um, one of the questions I've got, and I, and I think England are in, slightly in the doldrums with the 50-over team, and they're not really sure who'll be around for the next World Cup, and they're not really sure... Um, what 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 their what problems are trying to solve at this point, um, Daniel? Similarly for South Africa, what uh, are this fifty over team working towards? I mean, I mean, the next World Cup's what three years away. Can you answer that? Well, I'd I'd be surprised if Faf Duplessis plays. He's thirty six. You know what what would be the point of playing him? I'd like to see uh, young Carl Verain come into the side. I'm, I'm not sure if the listeners will be aware of him. He's 23 years old. He's a wicketkeeper batsman. Uh, some have even earmarked him as a, as a guy who could keep the, take the gloves in the test side and have Quinton de Kock bat in the top four, um, captain the side. And, and Well, he won't be captain now, will he? he, he that he's relinquished it or he's been taken away. But uh, Carl Verain, a very, very impressive batsman. Um, I don't, I, I wouldn't like to see Pitt van Bouillon. I, I I like the guy, but I, I I don't think he's necessarily the future. Uh, Yanaman Milan, another youngster, 24 years old, top order batsman, hits the ball. He just murders the ball. I was actually quite surprised to see him not playing this T20 side. In fact, one wonders why he didn't. Mm. Um, it's hard, really. I mean, like, it, it, what, you almost have to ask the question: Why are they even playing 50 over cricket now with two World, <laughs> two T20 World Cups on the horizon? I, I I don't quite get the point of it. Is it do do our fans like? There's a Yiddish word, chalishing. You know, people when you're desperate for something, <laughs> are, are fans are fans chalishing for 50 over cricket? I mean, I honestly couldn't care less about it. Just have another three T20s, as far as I'm concerned. But here we are. I, I'd like to see people get a go, essentially, kind of like like England are. But what I like about England is that they they, they put their cards on the table and said we're gonna we're gonna pull these three senior players. That kind of forces our hands to play some guys who you might not be familiar with. I'd like to see Mark Boucher do the same and say these three guys. We know they're bankers for the T20 World Cup. We're not playing them. And now we're going to give these guys a go. So that, that's kind of what I see. And I, I'd actually, I would rather the likes of Varane, um, you know, other, other youngsters, Smuts, uh, Glenton Sturman, for example. Uh, I'd like to see these guys get a game and lose all three games. Then fuck you to see, for example, <laughs> play all and, and they win all because what does that teach It'd us? It'd be a great statement wouldn't it, as well around kind of Boucher's reign at the top of the top of the team. And also for cricket South Africa to turn around and say, look, we are actually changing the way we've done things a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the challenge with that is Boucher's kind of under pressure now. He's just lost the series 3-0. He instructed his team not to take the knee for Black Lives Matter. So he's lost the, he's lost the cultural war in a way. He's come in, you know, with with big energy and said he's going to clean up house and he's going to, he's going to get things back to where they should. But he's lost a test series against England. He's now just been battered in a T20 series with the World Cup on the horizon. I think he'll be feeling pressure to to actually get a series win, even if it is in a meaningless 50 over um, tournament against England. So he th- there might be that double tug there of, of of the desire to blood youngsters, but also the pressure of actually getting a win under his belt. Yeah, fair enough. So we'll have to see. 
Um, fellas, should we do uh, some predictions on why 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 we think things will happen, um, and then Ross, we can talk about your signals. <laughs> Max, uh, in this three match ODI series, who who will win? What will the score be, and why? Um, well, I think I'm going to have to uh, um, very boringly, I'm afraid, agree oh. with uh, with Dan and say it'll be the it'll ultimate be t- fence sitter. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think England will win it, but I do think South Africa will win a game because England do have that sort of um, they they have that fragility that they will you will see them play put in a dodgy performance in a one day game from time to time and without uh, a couple of the those players like you know Archer and Stokes to dig you out of a hole. It makes it more likely that, that that wobble will result in a in a defeat. But I think um, I the, what I'm most looking forward to seeing is some some new faces. I'd like to see Ollie Stone get a run out. I reckon he he probably will because Archer's gone, and I don't think Wood's going to be able to play two games as England's pace man. So hopefully we'll get to see some of that. He's, he's not going Ross. to he's not going to Bastone and getting blown the hell. He's playing a fifty <laughs> over game max. He's obviously <laughs> going to play all three games. And these it's Mark two, Woods. It's Mark Wood's ankle, Ross. Been, it won't work. He's, he's, been play, he's played what test matches and come through that fine and continued playing. I think it's madness if you think he's going to break down after one game. Yeah, well, that we'll, does. We'll, it's, a, it's a rogue we'll choice. Ross. I think he needs to be. He needs to be managed, though. I mean, like, he's come, he comes through the test games, but he does. He gets managed. He gets managed better than Joffrey Archer, who just he, gets he's not some ridiculously brittle car that some old man keeps in a garage and drives him once a year to make sure the battery's still fucking working. It's a ridiculous suggestion. I mean, have, uh, you, have you forgotten all of the ankle injuries that he's had? I mean, I know he's oh, amended I, I his run up, and that's made yeah. a huge difference. But he bowled a hundred overs at the World Cup, didn't he? Come on. Um, we'll anyway. see. Ross, <laughs> Ross, what do you think the score will, will be and why? Be and, and let's use Max's sword. Max threw in who he's excited to see. Uh, who are you excited to see? Uh, it'll be three. Sam numbers. Billings. Uh, well, Sam Billings has, pro- has been, proved his worth, hasn't he? Ever since he got, I wrote him off of being just like, what is this guy <laughs> trying to achieve? And then actually, what I think from that day he pulled out what three great performances in the ODIs against Australia. Um, it would be good to see him do well. He'll probably take Stokes' spot, I'm guessing, in kind of the batting. Uh, I would be surprised if Moe and Ali doesn't play. Um, and we also have to think here that no one on that... I, I think it would be pretty hypocritical of the England setup to say that, oh, mental health is kind of our, our number one priority of all of our players. Send some players home and then keep players on the bench. I think everybody in that squad that they've taken is going to at least get one game. Um, so I would be surprised if that didn't happen. Um it would have been nice to see another spinner tried out. I think they missed a trick in bringing not bringing Parkinson. Everyone kind of talks about him that he's a great leg spinner in white. Still don't know what he looks like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> no, <Nor> do I. <laughs> We're so. not actually sure he exists. It's <laughs> his other leg spinner. But I, I, I concur with Daniel to like, why we played fifty over cricket. I just don't understand yeah. why we played fifty over cricket. Uh, uh, so what? What's, what's give give us the score then? Yeah, I think it'll be three 0 England. Um, Purely on the fact that I think they'll miss Rabada too much. I think ten overs of Rabada makes it a completely different kind of mm. ball game. Um, Simpala, I think he went around the park today, but actually it's great that someone like that is getting an opportunity in the in the game. Um, yeah. And Gidi's going to play. Nokia isn't is Nokia going to play all, all three games? He's just come back from the IPL, etc. I'd be surprised if he plays all three. In fact, again, he's another guy. Why play him? You know, why not give Brian Hendricks a, a, a confidence boost, give him 10 overs and say, go on, Brian, you take the new ball and, and you be our star. doesn't matter if you if you get some tap. You know, we can go around. And so, you know, it's almost like 
what is the point of even talking about this? Why are we pontificating <laughs> over this? Is, uh, is, Lind- is Linda uh, going to play? I mean, Shamsi's a good spinner, as you say. Like, ten minutes of Shamsi, that's no, good. I, I, I mean, Linda's only played the three, the three internationals, mm-hmm. right? He, he, he's got to play. He's got to kind of maybe show that he can kind of put a spell together. Um, he's 28 years old. You know, the next World Cup, um, whatever it is, in three years' time, you know, he's still at the peak of his powers for a spinner. So, you know, but also Maharaj is coming back. Maybe, maybe he'll juggle it with, with Maharaj. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Linda will play a couple of games. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, really don't rate Maharaj. <laughs> you don't, yeah. even even with the Red Bull. Yeah. With the with the Red Bull, he's, he's he's probably as good as they can do at the moment in terms of in Test cricket. But ODI cricket, I just think the the darts of I just don't see it working out against the England batting mm. lineup. We'll say that, and it'll take six for. But um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think you're right. I mean, the way Ben Stokes kind of hit him for six at world in, in this last Test series kind of shows that he is a bit hittable. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> So, I'm yeah, going to go with you, Ross. I think 3-0. I think Jason Roy is going to find his hand <laughs> and, um, and, and cause all sorts of trouble. Um, we should talk about the signals, shouldn't we? We maybe should have talked about the signals um, earlier. Um, Ross, do you want to summarise what, what we mean by signals? Yeah, so um, in the last 10 overs, when I kind of said that England didn't look like they had a plan, um, their um, head in, analyst... In today's T20. In, we're in, today, just to, yeah, in today's yeah, yeah. T20. And their head analyst was actually putting up letters and numbers on the balcony, kind of signalling to Owen Morgan about what we're assuming were either kind of match-ups, what the pitch was doing, whatever else. But it was kind of in-game analysis that they were doing on the computer, by the looks of things, and then relaying that live to Morgan to make decisions on. Um, I mean, immediately when I saw it, I was just like, that's surely not allowed. Well, what 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 are, you, what are your thoughts, Daniel? Do you, do you, is it is it something that you were a bit surprised to see, or is you surprised that it's not happening more often? Oh, that's a good question. It, kind of both, because I I saw Andy Zaltzman's tweet, uh, the statistician and, and TMS commentator, and he said that it's actually not illegal, which that which surprised me. And if it's not illegal, why are they not doing it? Um, it's a bit triggering for me because I remember. Um, when Hansi Cronier and Bob Wilmer trialed uh, sort of like a walkie-talkie system during the ahead of the, in a warm-up game before the '99 World Cup here in England, um, and they and you know they they got a major slap on the wrist for it and told were told not to do it and you know this kind of fueled the Hansi Cronier cheat narrative that that uh, unfolded later that year or the year after. So I, it it kind of rankles a little bit. It doesn't feel like it's in the quote-unquote spirit of the game but again you know what is the spirit of the game does the coast the ghost of christmas past you know does it actually exist um i didn't like it i saw i saw a headline from shield berry uh you know legendary writer for the telegraph who said that cricket really tests the captain you know it's it, it's one of the joys of the sport unlike football or rugby is that the leadership responsibilities of a captain is is, is such a, a a key component of the narrative of the game so you really want this this individual to kind of figure it out, you know, like the proverbial chess match to look at the board and know who where to put these players and you know which voter to bring on. If he's getting a guy from a bird's eye view and, and he is just providing that narrative for him, well then, you know, what is the point? Then you then then you can maybe drop a guy like Morgan and just you know I'm not saying Morgan isn't one of the top six batters in the in the game in, in the team, but you don't need him, right? Because if he's not bringing his captaincy responsibilities, then then what's the point? So. I, I didn't like to see it, and, I, and I, I hope that this outcry, and we're not the only ones talking about it and upset by it, so I, I hope that 
the clamour will, will result in some action. Um, yeah. Jack, Jack, so uh, there's also another part, isn't there, around the data that England have available to them. Can you tell us a well, little bit more about that? Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Um, so we've talked about this on the show before, but there's, there is a relationship between, uh, not necessarily an unhealthy relationship, but there's a relationship between Crickviz, who are probably the primary data provider in global cricket or global provider of um, cricket analytics in, in global cricket and the ECB and, and in fact Nathan Lehman who I, I think maybe provides some consultancy now I don't think he is an analyst anymore but he is one of the founders of Crickviz um, and uh, we could go into a, quite a lot of detail here I think but 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 to but to try and get to the crux of the problem the information that Crickviz provide to the England team is not necessarily provided to all of England's opponents, um, and uh, and that creates a competitive imbalance if that information is shared in real time to affect the outcome of the match. Because then you're not really watching a sporting contest so much as a sporting contest. Uh, augmented by one side's artificial intelligence, um, and I think I, I I look. We don't know only if it's actually intelligent, though. Well, that's true. If but it's we rubbish. <laughs> but there are some there are some definitive things that you could share. Um, so, like maybe your matchups are wrong. That that's you could have done that analysis wrong. But there are some definitive there's some definitive intelligence that you could share that will provide an advantage to the batting or bowling team if the other team didn't know it. Um, Primarily here, I'm talking about the state of the wicket. Now, Crickviz are able to basically grade the speed of the wicket, the bounce of the wicket, the spin of the wicket um, well, and and also um, with that information, make projections that suggest what a good pass score would be, for example. Um, But even even on a granular level as a captain, if you knew that the wicket was unusually bouncy or unusually fast or span an unusual amount, that is information that that can affect um, your decision-making. And if the other team don't have access to that, I mean, obviously they'll be experiencing the game as it goes on, um, they will be at a competitive disadvantage. And, And the reality is, because of the way money is divided in international cricket, other teams won't necessarily have access to the data that Crickviz produces via Hawkeye. Um, some of them, I, I, I don't know enough about South African cricket to know whether their level of analytics will include the full Crickviz data um, package. Maybe, Daniel, you do. But there is... It, they're, they're, England will definitely have opponents who aren't paying for that may may not even have an analyst to be honest sitting on their balcony um mm. and I, I do say this i will caveat that with one thing that i think analytics i'm not saying that analytics is bad in cricket but i think it should exist pre and post match uh, and analytics it, well, the, the whole point of analyzing cricket is to make players better at the game which which is something that I think I don't think anyone here is going to say they want the game to be worse, are they? And that's what analytics is for. I just think when it when it creates an, an imbalance and, and it and it, um, it creates a fairness issue, that that should be addressed. Yeah, I mean, obviously we saw it. It was an obvious example there with yeah, assuming that's what's going on, holding things up on the balcony. But I mean, you you just said that analytics maybe should exist pre and post match. But where where does something sit like so? Say for example, the speed of the pitch between innings, you you know your batsmen have one one uh, opinion of what the pitch looks like, and then you say to them, well, actually, it's doing this because we've got the data that tells you to do that. So you should go out and bat in this fashion. I mean, that's a, it's a very difficult thing to try and keep a lid on in terms of 
in-game analytics. Well, I, I, I'm not really sure what point you're making there, Max. So maybe you need to. I, I, that might be my fault. So I don't really understand the question. But I, I, I think well, you, clearly, you, were saying, you were saying that analytics should pretty much exist pre and post match. But I, I, that would be my an edge case. There's an edge case, isn't there, where you could feed at the change of innings, feed your bowlers or batsmen if they're going out the information that you've gained from the first innings of the pitch. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that, that is true. But I, I mean, in an ideal world, I think that would be shared among the players. Like that should be something that the, the, the players, through um, their judgment and experience playing the game, should be sharing with each other. Um, I, 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 clearly, uh, particularly in the case of a test match, people are going to go home and stuff and watch highlights <laughs> and, and they're, they're going to be discussing this. Um, but I do, I, I don't know, I, I, I just think from a sporting perspective, um, that felt a little bit beyond the the line the and I, I appreciate there's a grey area here and the the line is, is is potentially fairly broad so you could be on the line or over the line if you, if you get what I mean but um it just felt a little bit egregious Daniel did uh, anything to add on that matter no I I I, th- I think uh, I think Jack makes a really good point it, it kind of reminds me of that you know that pre World One poem you know whatever happens we have got the Maxim gun and they have not <laughs> you know this is why why Britain was able to, you know, rule Britannia and rule the waves and blah, 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 because they had machine guns and they were fighting up against, you know, tribesmen with spears. You know, it's, it's not a contest, then, is it? And I'm, I'm not equating modern cricket to, you know, <laughs> uh, that would be a stretch. But, 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 but you know what I mean? You know, we, we want to see a fair fight. That, that, that's one of the joys of sports, you know, the, un, the unscripted theatre of it, that we, that no matter what turmoil is happening in South Africa and, and, and who sits in Parliament or, or and you know which clan is, is, is controlling Downing Street your 11 against our, our your best 11 against our best 11 let's have at it and, and, and may the best team win but if, if you've got a team that is so well resourced like the ECB is and, and, and we can throw in Cricket Australia and, 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 and the BCCI as well you know then what it, then what would be the point of, of, of then playing a team like Sri Lanka or Zimbabwe. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm old enough to remember a time when Zimbabwe wasn't a gimme. You know, Sri Lanka won a World Cup, right? The West Indies were a force in across across formats, not just large T20 mercenary uh, slogathons. So, if if, if it's going to come down to which team can afford the latest gizmo, th- that really cheap that really cheapens the spectacle. And I don't think anyone's the winner, really. You know, then then you are just a colonial force mowing down a whole bunch of tribesmen and spears. Well, you just yeah, you just end up with things like cycling and F1, don't you? <laughs> I don't want anyone to say these comments out of context. <laughs> I think people understand. Um, yeah, I I think so. I think that probably covers that. Should we um, should we take a quick break? Then we'll we'll spend ten minutes on India v Australia and and wrap the show up. Welcome back. Um, we are going to say goodbye to Daniel at this point, and then don't worry, we will be talking about India. Um, Daniel, would you like to let our listeners know where they can find you on the internet? Yes, uh, of course. Thank you very much. They can find me on Twitter at Daniel Gallen. That's one word. Gallen is G A L L A N, not O N, as most people spell it. Uh, I've also got a podcast of my own, short underscore fine underscore legs. It's short fine legs. I host it with a an actual cricketer in South Africa, Nono Pongolo, who plays for the Lions. Um, 
Yeah. I kind of, I kind of felt like a dig against us then, actually. <laughs> it is. It <laughs> actual cricketers. I mean, we're, we're, we're actual cricketers too. We play the game. We're just not professional <laughs> Sorry, if... Sorry, if that di- if that dig was uh, thinly veiled, allow me to completely confirm with you, <laughs> your suspicion. <laughs> I, I I completely intended that to be a dig. <laughs> no, it's been great, guys. Uh, love being on the show, and uh, I look forward to the next yeah, one. Cheers, thanks, thanks Daniel. Yeah, we look forward cheers, to having you back. Yes, yeah, so uh, as well as England playing South Africa, there has been some other cricket going on, and the uh, the most well interesting slash. Interesting in terms of what's going on around the uh, series is the India trip to Australia. Um, so we'll, we'll quickly cover off the actual cricket. Uh, there's been two games so far and similar stories in each of those two games. Australia batted first. Steve Smith scored a ton. The Indian bowlers were smacked around a bit and um, the batsmen never quite um, threatened to chase it down. And um, I mean, it's uh, you're shaking your head, Jack. What's the problem? Well, no, they were bad, weren't they, India? Basically, I mean, I've you know, <laughs> yeah, that's going to set pulses racing. <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna, I was gonna start by saying that any any Australian team can be pretty formidable at home, right? But yeah, when when Finch and Smith and Warner and Labuschagne and Cummins and Hazelwood all um, play well, then it really does become a, a struggle. And from their point of view, probably only negatives would be injuries to uh, David Warner and Marcus Stoinis. So we'll see how how they recover. But yeah, the the manner of the defeats has not been great uh, from an Indian point of view. Um, I I don't, we've said it before um, with uh, Virat Kohli in charge of teams, but it it almost seems to have felt a bit a bit rudderless, a bit directionless. Um, there were some interesting choices. Uh, there was a bit of just random rotation of bowlers when things weren't going very well without a sort of clear strategy of you know, how we're going to take a wicket. And um, there was also uh, one of the odd decisions was bowling Bumrah for two overs with the new ball as if it was some sort of T20. It was not uh, not the clearest thinking. No, I, 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 we did a tweet. Um, we're going to we're going to report one of our own tweets on our own podcast here, um, and the tweet said. India have done something quite miraculous here. They have selected a team that's short of bowlers and short of batters, um, which is quite impressive, really, when you when you consider we're all coming off the back of an IPL, which w- was basically wall to wall. Good Indian batsmen, good Indian bowlers. <laughs> yeah. So to fit eleven, like uh, yeah, just strange, just so strange. Like I mean, all the things you're saying, Max, it's um, rudderless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sort of has been um, slightly uh, epitomised by what's been happening uh, around around the team. This is the real story, isn't it? Yeah, this is this is is the cricket podcast. Well, well, cricket feast. Before we before we get into that, there's actually been some interesting interesting chatter on the on the airwaves among the the cricket commentators, and also (laughs) according to a recent poll, seventy seven percent of Indian fans. Um, who think that Rohit Sharma should captain the white ball side and not Virat Kohli? See, what, what I really like about that, Max, is that no one can see you on this podcast right now, but you've got strong World War II vibes still going on with your headset and speaking about, oh, I've picked up on the airwaves. You look like we've, <laughs> we've talked about codes today. We could well be sitting here breaking some kind of enigma code on the cricket podcast. <laughs> it's all it's all a sham. <laughs> um... So Rohit Sharma should be ODI captain, is that what you're saying, Max? That's what a lot of people are saying. It seems like a bit of a pointless thing to say at the moment because he's not actually in Australia. Um, but you know, in sort of general terms, like it, it's, it's not is a bad that point, is it? Not the 
the reason maybe why he shouldn't be the India white ball captain. Well, that's certainly he, the reason why he shouldn't be the India white ball captain for this series. Certainly, well, but we're, he, we're talking in general. But let's let's really. I mean, I, this is what I I think. I, I I don't know what Rohit Sharma's doing. He's on some kind of cricket captain based manoeuvres. But he, he, for people who haven't listened to all the IPL shows, Rohit Sharma hurt his hamstring with four or five IPL matches back um, to yeah. go. That meant that when India released the squads for the series, they left him out of the white ball squads. Correct. Um, and he is in the test squads. Um, it subsequently transpired that the hamstring injury wasn't so debilitating that he couldn't return to the Mumbai Indians team for their for maybe one of their group matches, the, the last, semi-final. Yeah, the, the last final. three games he played. So, yeah, so he played three games there. And then upon the conclusion of the IPL, he basically declared that he wasn't available for India and has gone AWOL. Um, <laughs> they, they don't know where he is. Um, <laughs> I, well, don't, I don't. I don't know whether they don't know where he is in in in. Uh, Virat Kohli basically said, "I don't know where he is. I don't know whether so, he, like, yeah. he might so not actually not can, know where we, he we is." Can clar- we can clarify it a bit. Okay. And um, so basically, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> are, you basically, a, are you doing a celebrity spotted segment? Is that celebrity. what you have to do? Are, yeah. Has anyone where, seen Rohit Sharma? Where's Rohit? There'll be a new book out just in time for Christmas. Get it in your stocking. Uh, no, so yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're right. Basically, he he played those last three games. Everyone was like, "What." You're injured. What's going <laughs> yeah, on? Yeah. Uh, why? Why aren't you in the one day team? So I think part of part of it was that he thought he could manage the the T20 because it's a shorter game, but that seems a bit odd. Um, no one actually told Coley what was going on. That's the problem. Coley had a press conference and they asked him about Rohit Sharma and his injury, and no one had told him. He had no idea, so it was all a bit confusing. Um, what had happened is Rohit Sharma's gone to do some rehabilitation work on his hamstring at, um, at the uh, the cricket National Cricket Academy. Uh, so he's he's having rehab to strengthen the hamstring to be able to play with a view to playing in the Test series because he he doesn't feel fit enough uh, to play in the uh, the one dayers. Uh, no one told Kohli, so when they asked Kohli about it, he didn't know. And the BCCI also weighed in um, classically to confuse things a little more by saying that the reason he hadn't gone to Australia was because he was looking after his ailing father. Um, so just just add add something else into the mix that you probably didn't need to mention, just just to confuse things further. Um, but there was actually an update uh, today on. Um, on this is uh, be, it's Sharma. a great story. This isn't it? Yeah. So Where's Rohit? It's been, he, it's been is, much better than the actual cricket. He is being assessed on the 11th of December. <laughs> so they're gonna they're gonna check him and they'll see if he can get. That's on the just plane. ten days away. <laughs> so. Well, 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 just yeah. He got we'll injured. We'll do a, a daily podcast. Where's Rohit? <laughs> <laughs> he got injured. He played anyway. Then he didn't go because he was injured. Coley, no one told Coley, and now he's being assessed in ten days to see whether he can get on the plane. Which is great, except for one thing, uh, which is Bubble. that when you're flying from India to Australia, you have to quarantine for fourteen days. Um, well, he gets would, out of Christmas Day, so it would mean he wouldn't be able to play in the first two tests if. Uh, if that is the case, which seems a little pointless, but um, the um, they've they've been so uh, they've been talking to Cricket Australia, trying to get those restrictions lifted, and Cricket Australia have asked the federal government to uh, to lift the restrictions for Rohit Sharma and uh, Ishant as well, uh, in case they can make Cricket it over Australia and will, be fit. Cricket Australia will literally do anything for the BCCI. 
literally <laughs> anything. Well, there is actually, to be fair, there is actually provision in the in the Australian health guidelines that um, exceptions can be made as long as they behave in a sensible way or some woolly shit. So it's uh, it it should hopefully it should happen. But um, yeah, they're they're checking with the government to get them arrived. But there you go. There's there's Rohit. We've answered the question. <laughs> that, 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 oh, the podcast strong... daily podcasts are cancelled. Um. <laughs> That had strong kind of uh, whiffs of an England tour going terribly down under. That that sounds like exactly the kind of shit I, that happened to it, England. It's going to happen. They're going to get battered by Australia. Australia look a lot better than them um, in the in the matches. I mean, mm. obviously they start at three thirty in the morning, so I've not I've not actually seen um, either <laughs> of Steve Smith's two sixty two ball hundreds. <laughs> yeah, imagine I mean, that scoring two sixty two ball hundreds against India within forty eight hours. Well, you, when you find your hands, Jack, anything's possible. <laughs> um, well, interesting. So I do have two things to highlight here. One, return to form of Glenn Maxwell. Glenn yes. Maxwell didn't yeah, hit yeah. a six in the IPL. <laughs> but he got he got home. Yeah, he got home to pitches he's comfortable on. And he bowled all right as well in that in the second game. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. uh, Mitchell, Mitchell Stark. What's happened to Mitchell Stark? Is he oh, just, he's broken. He's, yeah. it's, not, it's not going well for him, is it? At the I think he's following the Mitchell Johnson career trajectory. The, the left arm far so he's got to have down, the down, he's got to have down. the he's got to have the what, what's the bit at the bottom the trough yeah before the peak next year when he <laughs> signs off by taking 500 wickets in an Ashes series <laughs> he needs to shave career. off the tash and regrow it that's yeah um, yeah uh, it's um, uh, Virat Kohli Virat Kohli Virat Kohli I think people know that Virat Kohli and, and Rohit Sharma don't like each other very much um, and I, I think there are probably a couple of other players in the in the team that that don't is, is that, a, is that a rivalry that's happened kind of like recently? Like they just like, well, Robert Sharma is kind of the biggest kind of threat to my captaincy. Or was there something like in their childhood in like an under 14s game that Cody's I don't just think, never forgiven? I don't think they all come up through the ranks together. I, I reckon uh, Rohit Sharma man caddied Virat Kohli <laughs> in club cricket. <laughs> um, well, look, I mean, they're all, all possibilities. Um, I, it's strange. I mean, I think from Rohit Sharma's point of view, it's an odd, odd career decision. Um, because he could have been. Um, he's he probably recently just broken back into the the India Test team. He's um f- one of, if not the first name on the team sheet. Mm. Um, certainly batting wise for the white ball, um, India side. And he could, if he'd had three or four good years, he'd have gone down as an all time India great. Um, which is which makes you basically it's worth, it's a worth cricket doing. god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, worth like, doing. Maybe, I mean, you'd think it was worth doing. This is, it seems slightly bonkers to to detonate mm. your career, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I mean, if you're we, able to play in the IPL final, which is one of the biggest games of the year, you yeah. think like you could at least get on the plane and do your rehab in Australia. That's that's yeah. what I don't quite understand. It's sure. Like, um, right on the pitch. I mean, we mainly talked about stuff off the pitch because that's much yeah. more interesting. Um, Absolutely. Is there, is there anything else that we need to say or mention? Uh, well, so the, the the next game, I suppose we should mention that is uh, well this weekend, Friday, Saturday. Time hours. zones. T- tomorrow. So I don't know. Time zone. It's tomorrow. I think <laughs> sometime soon. in the. It's in happening the, soon. In the morning, <laughs> and then there's some. Then there's some T20s, um, so we might get to see uh, Washington Sundar in that, which would be exciting from an Indian point of view. Some of the nice. one of the young stars That's, of the IPL. If that isn't a reason to get up in the middle of the night for our UK listeners, I don't know what is. 
Washington Sundar is from T20. Is this, is this for our is this for our UK listeners, um, Jack? Is that, there, is that we have many UK listeners who are, who are part of the Barat Army. I think. Well, I um, suppose so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I um, I don't know. I, I I imagine India will bounce back at some point. They they can't lose like, everything. They, they can't get battered again, can they? They'll They're win something. Good. They'll have to. <laughs> um, is there any other cricket going on in the world right now? Uh, well, the West Indies played New Zealand and uh, lost comprehensively. That's yeah. pretty much all there is to say on that. It was an absolute drubbing. And the closest they got to winning a game was when the third one was rained off with uh, about three overs down. And are these T20s or the ODIs? That was that was T20s. And so, then we have um, some uh, ODIs and some tests. So the format that, that yeah. West Indies are supposed to be absolutely brilliant at and they're getting pumped by the Kiwis. Yeah, yeah I mean, I they're think missing a few. They had some problems as well. Um with their quarantine, didn't they? Like a couple of the players met up for a coffee or something like that, and they weren't allowed to. And I, I think that meant their quarantine got reset. So they might not actually have played any cricket. I reckon. I like they. They might basically have just walked out of a hotel room into an international cricket match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> doesn't usually go well, does it? it might work so for Amy de Villiers. It's but. not. It's been a bit of a miserable trip for the poor old West Indies. But I um, I don't know if they've got the same bounce back ability as India. But um, they they will probably complete the rest of the fixtures, <laughs> which we can't say the same for Pakistan. Um, I think they're they in the in the I mean the, in the weird world of um, New Zealand quarantine breaches, they they are the latest transgressors. Um, they, they currently represent over is it ten percent of the whole <laughs> whole country's um, infection rate. Of yeah, um, I don't. I don't really know if anyone knows what the next step is. Um, I don't think they haven't flown anyone home or anything like that. So presumably they're just going to leave the Pakistani guys in their hotel room until. Well, do, do you know later. what it is? Do you know what it is? It's what called, is it, Ross? It's uh, Mushtaq Ahmed's bloody disco dinner. That's what Why is that called? What could uh, that? How could that possibly have anything to do? I reckon set a precedent and that's how the Pakistan cricket team eats from now on. They have to have a revolving lazy Susan that feeds everyone yeah, and it's just caused uh, havoc. That's the Chris Nash Chris Nash, Chris, oh, it, Chris Nash episode um, 69 if you want to go back and listen to stories about Mushtaq Ahmed's revolving dance floor slash lazy Susan. Um, with all I mean, the why cricket, wouldn't you? Yeah, with all the cricket wrapped up fellas is there anything else we need to mention before we close the show they should follow us at the cricket pod on twitter and instagram and they should follow us on all podcast platforms and subscribe and leave us a review uh, if you do leave us a review we will read it out um jack yeah. have we got any to uh, got any to read out we did it at the beginning ross if you uh, were paying attention the the original the first question look I'm, at the production the review itself but fair enough oh, i'm not gonna read out that whole review um, uh, it was glowing. Is, um, That's all you need to know. If you we got five stars. If you if you want to be the person who sets the the setup question for the whole podcast, an integral part of the cricket podcast mm-hmm. process, leave us a review with your question in, and we'll we'll happily do that. Um, I do want to know. This is we're going off on a tangent here now, but the, the that review was left by um, Meet the Legend 06. Can any does anyone know who Meet the Legend 06 is? No idea. Mate. No, have we no. got to the bottom of it yet? No, we haven't got to the bottom of it. Um, meet the legend 06, who are you? Um, this, is, no. <laughs> this, this has been the Cricket Podcast with a, a very it Sounds surreal, like a really bad ending to an episode of Scooby-Doo. A very surreal ending to, to, uh, to a Cricket Podcast. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>